0: Welcome to the CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty-gritty and provide insight into issues affecting the property industry. I'm your host today, Danny Drummond-Bressington, and I'm joined today by Claire Thomas, partner at CMS, and Giles Barry of FTI Consulting. Welcome both.
1: Hi, Danny, Thank you for having us. Oh,
0: not a problem. Um, So again, Claire and Giles, um, a year later, here again to mark the launch of CMS Real Estate's Latest Thought Leadership Report. Um, This year, Repurposing Real Estate, the Future of the World's Towns and Cities. And this year, we're focusing on how towns and cities are set to evolve in the post-pandemic world. So before we get into some of the... uh, the the more detail about the repurposing. Um, Every year you survey hundreds of people in relation to your chosen theme, but you also take a look at market trends. And I thought, let's start there because I think we're we're now talking about the post-pandemic world, and it'd be really useful and interesting to explore if there's been any changes Um, in the market that you've noticed as a result Um, perhaps should we start with what are the most appealing asset classes because I know for the past two years we've talked about um, logistics and life sciences is that still
1: the case in the post-pandemic perhaps I'll hand over to Claire yeah so I think This is year 10 of our reports and Giles, I just feel we've been on a really fascinating journey that's really tracked the trends of the sector over that decade now. And asset classes have been a big part of that. So when we started 10 years ago, it was all about, it was offices and it was retail and it was very the traditional asset classes we were used to. But over the years, we've seen that shift. And of course, the big story of the last five or six years has been logistics and they've been top of our um, agenda for our investors for a while now. But this year, for the first time, they weren't at the top. Still very high in terms of um, attractiveness to investors. But we have seen a shift towards residential, whether that's built to rent, student accommodation, retirement living. So a real shift in the sector. And I think that's been really interesting. Retail as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the context of town centres, that had fallen out of favour. Um, not surprising given what we went through in the pandemic but interestingly last year when we asked investors how attractive retail was it was only attractive to 9% of those that we surveyed that's actually gone up to 48% this year it's a massive so it was a, you know a real sign of confidence in the retail market And I think there's a really interesting um, interview in the report with the chief exec of Kaplan Regional and what he says, when you take someone's ability to do something away, like we weren't able to go shopping, you suddenly realise how much you want to go shopping. So I wonder to what degree that's fuelled this desire that, you know, we still want to socialise and have leisure activities and go to our town centres, which I'm pleased to say did also come out in the report.
2: Yeah, thanks, Claire. I think the interesting thing over the ten years is this: this is just such a a broader sector. As Claire said, we were pretty much talking about offices, retail, and a bit of industrial um, real estate ten years ago. Now, this is everything from data centers to retirement homes to build to rent uh, to logistics, still offices and retail. There, Um, it's a much, much, much broader sector, and um, you know its fortunes seem to wax and wane, it all used to rise and fall at once. And now some things are in, some things are out, some things are coming back in. Um, I think an interesting point was this year, we saw a a bigger appetite for retail from everyone, whether it's the thousands of consumers we polled around the world, or real estate investors as well. Um, Who knows also what will happen next? You know, in that 10 years, we've gone through, uh, through Brexit, through Donald Trump being elected, through a pandemic, Um, through a war in Ukraine Um, you know not 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 all good but the real estate um, real estate world is still standing and uh, is is really really actively looking to its future which I think is is one of the most um, um, optimistic findings from this research in that people have always always got new ideas and the best located real estate uh, I think will always thrive albeit if it's it's use may change over the years.
0: No, it's a good point, and I'm going to pick up on the word optimism there because I think that's something else that you your sort of annual survey picks up on, and it'd be really useful to understand where is market optimism at the moment.
2: I think I think we kind of reached um, peak bleak back in maybe 20 um, 2016 around the time of of Brexit, which didn't really in the end have too too bad an effect, or the, or not Brexit itself, the referendum vote. Um, it was pretty rough um, when we did everything virtually in, in 2020. Um, you know, I think things are things are better now, but there was a really interesting um, chart in there that Claire highlighted earlier. 85% of, of polls, uh, people we polled, are worried about interest rates going up. This is still a very, you know, leveraged sector. It relies a lot on finance. Uh, that's something definitely to watch. Um, I, don't, I don't think interest rates will go up um, to the levels we've seen over the years, but it, it's still it's still a headache.
1: Yeah, and and we did clearly over the last two years see a dip in optimism as we went through the pandemic. So that was always going to happen. But one of the questions we asked in the survey was, um, when respondents thought that we would recover to pre-COVID levels within the real estate sector and interestingly over a quarter of them thought that we had already recovered and another quarter thought that we would by next year so I think maybe that sort of you know slight pause and intake of breath that we all felt at the beginning of the pandemic you know I think we are through that and yes we have tailwinds and challenges come in in terms of the the war in Ukraine and inflation and interest rates but I think we have to remember that interest rates are still at an all-time historic low and maybe we've got sort of acclimatized to a slightly different economy than the one that was normal sort of Going back, yeah. No, well,
0: it's 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 great to hear such optimism. And of course, yes, there are a number of issues that we're all sort of bracing ourselves for. But the fact that there's some great underlying optimism there, it's um, it's positive. Well, I'll take the positivity <laughs> out of that. One of the other things that you've looked at when you've done your annual survey has been sort of the cities where capital is going, or what are the most attractive cities. And obviously, London's always been in there. But we've we've looked at other cities, so. What's what's the survey revealing this year? Are we still seeing London as a popular destination, Manchester, Birmingham, and it's probably then a nice segue into um, some of the topics in the in the thought leadership.
1: Yeah, so London is perceived by our respondents as overvalued by sixty percent, and that's actually gone up. But I think the the sort of flip side of that is actually ten percent who thought that London was undervalued. So they clearly are still opportunities. And I think, Jazz, you agree, London still looks good value for money when you compare it to other global cities. So there's definitely appetite for London. There were concerns about the office and would we all be working from home and not going into our cities and I just don't think we've seen that you know as Giles said the city is just really busy again Um, the big six regional cities that we looked at Manchester came out on top and I know there's been a lot of development and activity going on in that region um, but I would certainly say that it's pretty well spread isn't it Giles in terms of activity
2: yeah and I think it's really interesting that the future of the office. Um, was always, was always going to be questioned after the pandemic. But um, it's now accepted that offices were about 60% occupied always before the pandemic because mm-hmm. people being out at meetings or on holiday or off sick or travelling. Um, our office at FTI Consulting, I was talking to some colleagues about it in, in our real estate team just last week. We are now at 50% full. Uh, so compared with 60%, that's not bad. And the city today... Coming over to CMS was absolutely buzzing. Um, you know, I don't think that I don't think that has played out fully yet. Um, you know, the other interesting point over the years is that we've seen Manchester consistently polling as the second most appealing uh, regional city. It, it's a real, it's had a real, real, real. Renaissance certainly for those of those of us who remember it from twenty or thirty years ago. Um, Birmingham also um, continue to be to be popular. Um, people we poll are very 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 wary about Scottish independence, though. Uh, that's more of a thing in the in the business community. But you know that debate has flared up again. Um, you know there there are worries about the viability of real estate in Glasgow and Edinburgh if that were to, to actually happen.
0: And. Um- Sort of talking about cities and cities outside of London probably sort of is a neat segue into levelling up agenda and, and, you know, trying, making sure we have investment throughout the whole of the UK. Um, And I know that the levelling up agenda is a big part of the thought leadership report. Um, So what did your um, research show on the levelling up? Um, How aware are people of the levelling up agenda? We see it in the headlines, but what about the actual detail?
1: Well, it was interesting because we did this survey after the white paper was published, but before the actual bill. So I think at the time we did it, maybe awareness wasn't as high as it probably is now. So I think that's probably gone up. But what was interesting was 78% of our professionals did welcome and feel positively about the levelling up policy. Again, Maybe they said that before the detail was published (laughs) and we had this whole thing about the the rental auctions. And in the launch of the thought leadership, we had um, Melanie Leach of BPF, and she spoke very strongly for the industry in terms of the issues with that policy. Um, But interestingly, whilst it's been quite positively accepted by the industry, less than 50% Feel that it will succeed, so I think that sort of says that the jury is still out.
2: Yeah, I think I think um, it's all seen as a bit a bit smoke and mirrors. Everyone everyone understands that Britain does need to level up. I have a uh, a client, Serious Real Estate, who are in Germany, and there is no such thing as levelling up in Germany because the East has been um, almost fully levelled up, and it's a, and it's across seven big centres, Germany, mm-hmm. um, and Serious believe that levelling up is. Is tremendously beneficial to, to, to Britain if it happens because Germany is a much more sort of even even economy. So if it can happen, absolutely fantastic. But a bit of a long way to go yet, I think.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a, certainly I took from um, the the launch that something needs to happen. Whether these are these are all the answers to the problems um, remains to be seen, doesn't it? Um, so let's move on to repurposing, uh, repurposing real estate, which is we've talked about the, the title of this year's. And you, know, what's led led you here? I mean, we're we're in a post pandemic world, and and what are the challenges that we are now the real estate industry is
1: facing? And you, know, why do we need to think about repurposing? Um, when we asked our consumers for their views on town and city centres, you know they did have concerns. It was around empty shops. It's yeah. about pollution. It's about the lack of good connectivity and public transport. So these are all things that I think the real estate sector have a role in contributing to the to the improvement of. So I think what really stands out from the reports is some of the interviews that we've done. So we talk to people from Lancet from union investments, indeed from the City of London, and they all talk about how we need to create more integrated communities within our city centres. So, you know, I think we will see more residential mixed in with retail and offices and just uh, more of a sense of community within our town and city centres, also including community uses and health care. So, yeah, I think that's, that comes out strongly in the
2: interviews. Danny, I think, I think the reason we went for this is there's, there's uh, repurposing as a subject. Is There is no bigger um, subject exercising real estate owners' minds, whether yeah, it's course. retrofitting properties for net zero or finding new uses because the older uses have got um, obsolete. Um, retail to housing, uh, retail to offices were two of the biggest trends we, we mm-hmm. found. But there's a lots and lots and lots of different um, kind of equations that people are – people are putting together, which means that, uh, I think it was 30%, 28% of real estate in the UK, commercial real estate is earmarked or being considered for a change of use. So when you walk through your town centre or high street in years to come, uh, that second shopping centre in a town may not be a shopping centre, it could be it could be flats or it could be knocked down and be, be, a, be, be a health centre or something like that. It, it's going to lead to a real, real shake up in how towns and cities look. But what I don't think will happen is that towns and cities will empty out the centres because people still do want to congregate and do things in the centre of towns.
0: And do you think from the research you've done, it's all about buildings or is it more about um, space and what about the parks and recreation? You know, we've, we've all gone through the pandemic and are been cooped up and there seems to be this sort of desire for open space whether people are moving out of cities to the suburbs or you know did your research pick up anything what do people want when we're talking about repurposing towns what are they looking for is it is it the shops and the health centers or is it
1: something much broader so it was interesting that when we asked our consumers what would encourage them into the city or town center more often um, open spaces was was top 92% actually chose open spaces um, and I think that goes along with more pedestrianisation yep. less cars which then inc- um, improves pollution so definitely it was all of those um, ESG type things that were very much on our consumers minds yeah and and who leads this is this the real estate industry that's going to
0: lead this or is this going to be local government what what's the thoughts coming out
2: um I think the real estate industry w- wants wants to lead it. it. It's willing to lead it. Um, consumers don't necessarily trust it to do that. Um, personally, I think it better be led by the real estate industry working together with uh, the public sector. The, the British Property Federation, um, who contributed to our webinar just now, have something clever called Town Centre Investment Zones, which they're proposing, which is a, a really focused tool Um Cutting business rates, freeing up planning, um, a bit like the old development corporations, where uh, in 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 a certain area of a town or city that's most in need of help, um, all efforts are put into sorting that out. And because I do think some some sort of new models need to be created. When you go to some towns and cities, um, you know, not just not just up north, around the southeast, you name it, something needs to be done.
0: Yeah, because there's just so much empty empty shops now and it does just um it detracts from that sense of community doesn't it absolutely um one of the other things which i think was interesting this year you've done a a sort of global survey and we've just talked about uk really towns and centers but what does it look like what does repurposing look like on a global basis is uh, other cities around the world seeing the same is it the same drivers that we've got or is it sort of every country a bit more unique?
1: Yeah, I think every country is slightly different, but we all do face very, very similar issues and transport and pollution comes up a lot. So for instance, Singapore were most concerned about pollution, but they also use their cars more than anyone else. Spain were pretty much concerned with all of the issues we've been talking about, from crime to empty shops. And I think, you know, there's a lot being invested in Spain because it really suffered during the recession. Interestingly, and I don't know whether we should all move there, the most positive um, feedback on their town and city centres came from the Netherlands, actually. And I know there's been a long running programme there about creating more sustainable and better built environments within the sectors that support support infrastructure and employment. So I think maybe there's some lessons for us all to learn from from their way of life. Yeah, and Giles, did you have any comments on the what
0: did you find interesting? On I the think global it's really basis? varied.
2: I think it just reminds you what an interesting place the world is. You know, Britain has more e-commerce than anywhere else in the world. Uh, In the pandemic it was upwards of 35 percent it's now settled between 25 and 30 percent lots of other places even in europe are well below 20 percent and i think that has contributed to our towns and city centers emptying out a bit those shops having problems um you know who knows if e-commerce will take as much of a hold uh here as it has in other places because it's proven to be quite kind of unprofitable for some of the the providers so it could be we've reached um We've reached peak, peak e-commerce. I don't think we have in the UK, but maybe in other parts of the world we have.
0: Yeah, oh, it's, it's fascinating, and I think from reading the report, um, we really take from it sort of so many interesting ideas regarding repurposing and and what we're going to be seeing into coming into our towns and cities. Um, but I just perhaps by way of sort of wrapping up, um, I'd be really interested in, to find out from you. What you found the most interesting or exciting things to come out of the report and what you're looking forward to seeing in towns and cities as, as this sort of repurposing agenda takes hold.
1: Mm. So I'll start with Claire. So I'm going to go for something that I think is quite topical and we did talk about quite a lot on the report launched this morning and I think that's the drive towards net zero because it was very clear that consumers are concerned about the sustainability of our cities. So it isn't just, you know, it's it's a global issue but it is something that people are actually thinking about. And when we asked our real estate respondents about that drive to net zero within their own businesses, I think it was really positive that over 50% of them expect to be net zero by 2030. You know, Danny, as you know, within CMS, we're targeting net zero by 2025. And we're supporting that with science based targets. So I think it's that, okay, the industry is saying it's what they want to do. But it's starting to see that evidence of it's happening. So yeah, that certainly was a positive takeaway for me. Thanks, Claire and
2: Giles. I think the twenty-eight percent of real estate in the UK earmarked for conversion. Mm. You know, I, I would have guessed when we started the polling that maybe 15 fifteen percent—double, yeah. double what we expected—which points to, um, you know, some quite some quite dramatic, but maybe maybe overdue changes.
1: Yeah. No, I think it is. So I mean, it's a huge, a huge proportion when you think about it, isn't it? And we all know as well that retrofitting and repurposing is so much better for the environment than actually knocking down and rebuilding. So I think it all forms part of the same debate. Now, Well, Charles and Claire, thank you so much for
0: um, joining today on the Real Deal podcast. Um, for those of you listening, um, the report is available for download on our website. Um, and if you found this topic interesting, then please make sure you subscribe for further episodes. Thank you.